Hello, gardeners, farmers, compost enthusiasts, and growers. Welcome to The Healthy Garden, the show where soil is important and growing a healthier world is job one. We are rolling down the organic highway, and we've now gotten to organic gardening part three. I'm really happy that we get a chance to just kind of take these in little sections because if we tried to do it all at one time, it's just a lot of information. And I, you know, I, I feel like it's better if we have little snippets and we just kind of look at things. So if you have, if you're tuning into this episode for the first time, what we've seen so far in one and two is we've talked about who controls organic, who's in charge of the labeling of organic, uh, what is that purpose and why are they doing what they're doing and does it make any sense or not make any sense. The other thing that we're doing is we've looked at some of the environmental factors when we garden organically or we start to grow more naturally or get into a different type of gardening than we've been used to. And one of the things that's a really important thing to do is to start and look at how does the environment, how does the ecology, how does my space or the weather around it or how I position plants, how does that affect my garden? Last week, what we talked about were the microbes. We talked about some of the basic biology that is really fundamental to all true organic gardening. And if we're going to move into that style of gardening or we're interested in that type of gardening, we've got to pay attention to the biology because that is where life happens in the garden. It's in the soil. And that is where we're going to find ourselves in this episode, in the soil. And we're going to start with the protocols, the organic protocols that are important to growing and gardening. Hi, I'm Norma, a biological farmer and the producer of the Healthy Garden podcast. I wanted to share a tip with you that I've seen work firsthand in a garden. I compost the whole yard, even the bare soil, in the spring and fall each year. Then I hand water the entire soil surface once a week and let the irrigation irrigate the rest of the week. Watering this way encourages the roots to grow out more maximizes the area that the microbes will grow, and you will see how green, healthy, and profuse your garden will be year after year. organic gardening and the organic protocols start with probably my favorite and what I think is absolutely the most important thing that we can do in the garden. 
And that begins with compost. Um, and that's a good finished compost. And if we look at, you know, composting the garden, and when I say composting, I mean, um, I mean in the sense that we're going to top dress, which is we're going to spread a layer of compost over the top of beds, over in-ground planting areas, over raised beds, over containers, meaning our pots. Uh, we're going to do, and that even includes our indoor uh, houseplants. And that can be with a good finished compost, you can uh, achieve a really, really thorough and good top dressing, which is an amending of the soil on the top, on the surface. You can achieve that at a quarter of an inch. You can achieve that at half an inch. If you haven't top dressed in quite a while and you have a free board, that space between the top of a container and where the soil line should be, that's free board. And what you want to do is you want to, you can, you can top dress to that area. If you've lost a lot of soil, then you want to add some potting soil, but that's, that'll be later in the protocols. But when I'm talking about composting, I'm talking about the actual, not making the compost, I'm talking about the actual top dressing and amending of the garden itself with compost. There's a lot of different types of compost out there. Uh, I always recommend to everybody, please compost at home. Or if you work uh, on a gardening project, you know, please compost there. If you work at a golf course, compost there. If you work uh, on a farm, compost there. Please make compost with the waste that you have. But one of the great things about composting when you're at home or, you know, at any other area that you happen to work at, whether you're at your community garden, it's great to compost. But the thing that you want to be aware of is when we actually do the act of composting, we are controlling the inputs. Remember, this is a, this is a podcast on organic gardening. And overall, the healthy garden, our whole line of podcasts is about healthy gardening practices. And that means moving away from what has been historically, you know, this this type of gardening where we're using chemicals and pesticides and we're using products, including compost that may have chemicals or pesticides or herbicide or fungicide residue in them. So when we get to compost at home, the great news about that is we're literally controlling our inputs. And that's a that's a fantastic thing. Um, so look at when you go to the store, you're going to see, uh, you know, uh, city compost, uh, you can get that for free. Remember, you get what you pay for. Uh, you can, you know, you there's veggie based compost out there, there's green waste compost out there, there's animal uh, and then there's home-based, and then there's like what we do, which is a farm-based compost. Again, the the whole key to this thing is what is in it. Are you getting clean, organic matter that is full of biology? That's the goal here, because what we're doing here is if if you if you've heard me speak before or not, I care more about your soil than I do your plants. And if you are feeding the soil, and that means feeding the biology that's in your soil, which compost is the best thing that you can do in the long run, having a composting procedure and doing top dressing with frequency and light amounts of composting on your gardens, that's how you're going to feed the biology better than anything else. The other thing 
that I that goes kind of along with this is worm castings. And a lot of times you hear stuff about, you know, castings versus vermicompost. Well, castings are the pure castings that come out of the backside of the worm. And again, with the vermicomposting, which is what you're doing when you're when you're um, you're feeding your worms in a worm bin or when you're buying, you know, worm castings, most of the time you're not getting a, a, a clear casting. You're basically getting a mixture of some of the bedding, some of the castings. That's what's kind of coming in the bag. But if you are doing worm bins at home, which we highly recommend, we do it at our house. You get to control the inputs again. We start, um, you know, worm beds in good finished compost. We put them in a soil that they're used to. They want bacteria. We put them in somewhere that they can thrive. It's all about the feedstocks when you're looking at worm castings. We love them. We love the enzymes. They're great to put in all of your soils, your beds, and your mixes. That's where you want to go. Hey gardeners, I want to tell you something that most people don't actually know. When you are growing organically, what you're really growing is microbes. And if you want the best food that you could possibly get out there in the marketplace, get yourself a 12-quart bag of Booze Blend Biodynamic Compost. Really easy to walk around with that handle and spread love in little doses because it goes a long way all over your entire garden. That's Booze Blend Biodynamic Compost. As with the compost, I guess we're getting the picture here that it's always about the feedstocks. So with worm castings, a lot of times, I mean, this is one of my favorite things ever. They they can have feedstocks from really uh, bad chicken manure and stuff that comes from chicken farms or, or mushroom farms or even worse, just soggy um, uh, cardboard, uh, all kinds of stuff that they use for feedstocks for worm farming. That to me is like if I'm a worm, in what universe is like soggy cardboard um, what I'm used to eating? They're looking for bacteria, look for stuff that is grown in good, um, really good finished compost with really good uh, bacterial colonies in there because that's where the worms should be thriving and that's where your casting should be coming from. Just as, as a thought too, if you're going to do some some worm farming at home or do a little worm box or whatever at home, which is always a great idea, you guys want to go with the, the red worms and that's the Icenia fetida. And that's, that's where you want to start. And we've done that in our house, uh, several homes and several different projects we worked on. Great, you get some great castings. One of the things too is it's nice to take the castings and throw them in the bottom of the holes when you're planting. And the other thing too is if you're going to, I'm gonna talk about amending in a second. 
um, with some of the dry amendments. But I always want to make sure that uh, you know that when you're putting compost down or you're putting castings and then compost down with it as a top dress, you want to make sure you water that in. You want to make sure that you um, activate the biology that's in there and stimulate that. And that uh, water is a life-giving force and you go ahead and do that and stimulate that. And that activates everybody to get into the soil, go after the, the biology, biology that's already in there, start breaking down other types of organic matter that's in that soil and let's build soil. Again, if you're doing container gardening, then what we're doing, we're playing the role of nature. We are literally dropping compost and castings onto the top of the surface. And what we're doing is letting that get into our containers, our pots, our smart pots, our, um, our, our planters, raised planters. What we're doing then is we're allowing them to get in there and break down the organic matter that's in there so that what we're doing is we're mimicking nature. And that's, that's what we're looking to do there. So let's talk a little bit about amending because a lot of times, um, People look at, well, what do, I, what do I do with all these things like kelp meal and alfalfa and fishbone meal? What do I do with that stuff? What you can do with those items, first of all, find a good one. Find something that's labeled as organic. And if you have old soil or you have some soil that you've been growing in for a while and you need to recharge that soil, this is the time in an organic gardening protocol that you might do what we call a recharge. And with a recharge, you take something like a kelp meal. You can take an alfalfa meal that's organic and that's certified organic. You can take a fishbone meal that comes from cold-pressed fish uh, and, then, uh, and a mined basalt. You can take those things and you put them on the top of the soil the top of your container. And then what you do is you cover them with a compost and then you go ahead and you water those in. You activate everything that way. And that is a great way to just do a really, really simple soil recharge. We do it all the time. Again, for us, there are certain things as organic gardeners and as organic growers and farmers that we do not use. And for us, <clears throat> so that you know, we do not use bone meal, we do not use blood meal, we do not use feather meal, and we do not use cottonseed meal in an organic garden. The reasoning for us that we don't use those things, again, is that they come from GMO feedstocks. So the animals that they come from have eaten a GMO diet, basically, of corn, soy, and alfalfa. And uh, those things, uh, as you may recall from previous episodes, have all been sprayed with glyphosate because they're Roundup ready. So we don't recommend using those things in an organic garden because what we're trying to do is we're trying to right away put the cleanest, healthiest products into the garden, the cleanest organic matter, the most finished compost, everything that we do, we don't want to waste the energy of the biology that's in that soil on breaking these things down that we don't want to break down and that may have a harmful residue to them. And so to us, if, you're, if you use something that might have uh, one of these residues in there, have, have a glyphosate residue, you know, let's say, what can happen then is as things break down and as the plants uptake nutrient, you can uptake some of that residue, um, some of those parts per million 
uh, or even, you know, which is probably correct, parts per million, you can uptake those things into the soft leaf tissue of the plants. And in something like a, an edible garden, that can be disastrous. So for those reasons, we don't recommend it. The other thing too is we're looking at trying to say to the world, isn't there a better way that we can um, do animal husbandry? Isn't there a better way for us to take care of these animals and to, and, and to, and to have a healthier, safer, kinder way to, uh, to farm? And if we keep supporting you know, these old school methodologies and we keep saying, no, it's okay. I'm going to buy the bone meal because that's what I was told to do, you know, 20 years ago. And I'm just going to keep doing it because that's what I was told to do. And Hey, you know, it seems to work. Well, that's great. But it's, in my opinion, it's outdated and you don't need to do it. And there's a lot of other things that you can do. And a lot of times I'll get pushback from people that say, I've done that forever and my dad did that. And this is how we've always done it. And it's like, okay, I understand that. And it does work. I'm not saying that it doesn't work. What I'm saying is that aren't we at a time now the reason we're looking at organic gardening, the look at reason we're looking at natural ways to do things and healthier way to, ways to do things, the reason that we even put together this thing, the healthy garden, is because we're looking to find better, cleaner, kinder ways uh, to adapt the protocols and the procedures that we're using so that we actually have a have a have a net positive benefit to the planet, to the people, to our guts, to the biology, to everything. Uh, and, and that's a win, 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 win. And that's the whole goal of this thing. Next week, we're going to get into the IPM and the insect program and pesticides and herbicides and why in organic gardening, we don't use those things. Last thing I'm going to leave you with on this is when you look at bag soils, flip the bag over and look and see if some of those things that I was just talking about aren't in those bags. You don't need the usual suspects to grow. If you take the simplicity of what we've just given you today and you apply that into your organic gardening, then I can tell you guys, because I, I, I've been doing it and Norm has been doing it and we've been doing it for a long time you will be ahead of the game. Join us next week for another exciting and interesting look at gardening, growing, farming, health, and how we all might make this place that we call home a better place. Until then, thank you and happy and healthy gardening.